0: i been changed. Anybody been healed?
1: Thank you, praise you and exalt you for the lordship of Jesus Christ. And Lord God, we thank you for waking us up this morning and bringing us under the umbrella of your grace. Pray Lord God that you would minister to us from your word, bring changes to our lives, order our steps, bind the enemy. In Jesus precious name we pray. Amen. amen. Church amen. Church Amen again. Amen. Boy, let's give this young Adele choir a hand clap. My God. Oh Lord. Hallelujah. That's singing His praises. And I want to thank him, thank Kent, thank Juan, all of you, truly God is an awesome, awesome God. This morning, as we continue our series on renewal, and we've been moving expeditiously through renewed focus and renewed formula finish, we have been really taking these alliteration of Fs, moving, 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 moving. God has been good, renewed fight, part one, a renewed fight in the fire, part two this morning, I'm glad we shouted, a renewed family. Flying or flopping? Are you flying or are you flopping? This morning, I want to turn your attention first to Genesis, and I'm going to be moving to four scriptures. You need your Bible. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, and we're going to look at <clears throat> verse 21, 22, before the fall of Genesis 3. Genesis 2, 21 and 22. Please get a Bible. And the Bible says, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept and he took one of his ribs, closed up the flesh thereof, instead thereof, and verse 22, The rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. One of Satan's greatest attacks on believers, is his all out, relentless attack on the family. There are things happening in your family that you think is coincidental. You think it is something that comes and goes, but it is satanically initiated. And I need to start there because we tend, when under attack from the enemy, our tendency is to look at each other. And as we look at each other, we sit there and actually are persuaded by the devil that the enemy is in the house, in a physical sense, that the enemy is in the church. When really the enemy hides himself and he, listen, he instigates and he influences To bring us to naught. And the family is where love, liberation, and living a responsible and godly life is established. At my age, I am more appreciative now that I had two parents. I'm more appreciative now of all the hard knocks of the 50's and 60's, all the rules, all the whippings, and there was some whippings, all the punishments. I am appreciative of the chastening that I came under. I'm not advocating abuse, I'm not advocating to beat your child into submission. I'm differentiating something to you this morning. That Hebrews 12 tells us that chastening is a product to all of God's children and without it you are illegitimate. You don't belong to him. And then Hebrews 12 says, but the chastening for the present seemeth to be grievous. Here's the key word, but afterwards. It begins to work out a freedom. And when we look at the family, the family provides a nest for nurturing, it also provides a diligence for discipleship to both children and mates. And the family's purpose is outlined in the Word of God. The placement in a sin-cursed society is outlined in the Word of God. The promotion Amen. one to another is outlined in the Word of God, and the power is outlined in the Word of God. God created three institutions in the Word. He created the institution of government, Genesis 9, under the Noahic covenant, Noah, and the purpose of the government, listen, is, amen, and was to bring order to a sin-cursed society. Amen. Purpose of government is to keep order. And that's why, Hebrew, that's why Romans 13 says police officers, law enforcement people are ministers for God. You go home and read it. Interesting. So the government was one institution. The second institution was the church, Matthew 16, 18. Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And the purpose of the church, the invisible body of Christ on earth, was to bring unity, listen, through the power of the Holy Spirit, as we reflect the the, 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 the values of Jesus Christ on earth. We are light in the midst of darkness. Are you with me? But the, but, 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 but the other institution, which is really categorically, the first institution was the family. And and the family is here in Genesis 2, and as we begin to understand the institution of the family, it wasn't something evolved, it wasn't something imagined, it was something created by Almighty God for an intimacy of companionship, care, commitment, and cooperation. And the family as we know it today, the family today, does not reflect Ozzie and Harriet of the 50s. Ozzie and Harriet was a program that came on about a family, and compared to the day, they were perfect. There was no anger issues, there was no abuse, no historical issues, amen, no drugs, no illicit sex. We in the in the fifties we set up there were three channels three six and ten. It was Lawrence Walk on Saturday night, and I remember all of us six of us six well, not quite six. All of us sitting on the floor watching these bubbles. <laughs> remember that, Mom? But Lawrence Walk. Remember that, and we enjoyed the bubbles. Then came the early 60s with leave it to Beaver. And we know that family wouldn't like today because the mother who stayed home, housewife, wore dresses and heels at home. Hey, hey. Two sons, Wally and Beaver and you know, they would get into some trouble once in a while but the but but, but the the home was the home was next to perfect. Then came the 70s, Lord have mercy, with the Brady Bunch, a perfect blended family, no issues, four or five boys and four or five girls, you bring all these people to one house and they're just as happy as can be. I ain't never seen a Blender family that happy. And then here comes the 80s and the 90s with the Cosbys. Mother's a lawyer, father's a doctor, and folk in the hood used to look at that and say, this ain't us. (laughs) This ain't us now. And here's the thing about TV. They always worked out all their problems in a half an hour. no issues, no major issues of drugs and a, a-, a- man crime and come on now. It was a sitcom. And, 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 and here's the interesting thing about all four of those families, none of them was associated with Jesus Christ. Talk, yes, sir. None of them went to church, i seen all four of them, so you ain't telling me nothing. None of them talked about worship. There was no mention of conversion. Can I get a witness? The fact of the matter is, is that everything we see on TV, hallelujah, is a lie. Nobody got pregnant out of wedlock. Nobody was shooting up heroin, snorting cocaine. And this is one of my problems with politicians today. By the way, let me throw this in parenthetically. I got a problem when politicians take pieces of the Bible to support their argument. You cannot get up and say that God is against abortion and contraception, which he is, and talk about saving the baby before it comes out the womb, but once the baby's out of the womb, you want to ignore it, forget it, amen not giving health care, not giving education. Now, I'm preaching up in this place. You, 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 you cannot say on one hand that God is all for us doing this but ignoring the poor. When Jesus preached on the poor. Yeah, you, you know, so if, if you're going to use the Bible, use the whole Bible. I'm preaching up in this place now. Don't pull out bits and pieces to fit your philosophical arguments. Because all of us are sinners saved by grace. If God should mark iniquities, the Bible says, who's going to stand? We've all fallen short. And when we get to heaven, if we save, we're going to find out that we fell short. As your life and my life is evaluated. It's in this context of the family. Yes, abortion is murder. Yes, contraception has its biblical prohibitions. Yes, but on the other hand, my God, wake up and smell the coffee. We are supposed to love each other as Christ loved the church. Not demolish and hate each other. Not say, not do character assassinations against each other. Let me, let me talk about this thing that we're homing in on called I have dealt with families who have gone through some very traumatic situations. Dr. Benton is a counselor and was on staff here for many years and he's got his own practice. And, and Dr. Uh, Sister Hollinsworth and others, you, you, you know, there are, there are people that leave us with tears in our eyes. The plight they have to live out. And, 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 and this, this generation is one that's saturated with anger, abuse, drugs, rebellion, resentment. It's in our DNA. There's a lack of care, commitment, sacrifice, security. And, and, and there's two alarming statistics, and I want everybody to listen, amen, to pastor. Two alarming statistics that blows my mind. Number one, as I compiled the information for this particular sermon, most young people 30 years and older today do not even desire to be married. Well said. Well said. Half, half of people 30 years and over don't even want any parts of marriage. Amen. What an alarming statistic. Maybe it's what they saw at home. Maybe it's the pressures from society. The other alarming statistic is this, half of your homes are run by single parents. That's alarming. God in His infinite wisdom knew that a child needed a balance of masculinity and femininity. You ain't praying with me and you, we we got we 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 have some great single parents who are saved and God has given them grace but in the nu- in, in, in in the right balance a child needs a man and a woman a daddy and a mommy i'm preaching to somebody They don't need to know they have a daddy and a mommy, they need to see a daddy and a mommy loving each other. It's a shame when a child comes into the house and is introduced to somebody and he's meeting somebody new every week, Because you're trifling in your lifestyle. You don't expose your kids to your mess, am I right? You don't bring every Tom, Dick, and Harry into your house. There's more sexual abuse by so-called boyfriends than there is by strangers with a habit. All right, that's all right. Somebody need to preach it. Well, when am I going to meet your kids? You're not. <laughs> your job is to safeguard them kids. Can I get a witness? I'm going to get out your way in a minute. The fact of the matter is, when we look at this dilemma, and it is a dilemma of dilemmas, of dilemmas, of dilemmas, of dilemmas, Paul says in 1 Timothy 4.3, he says, listen, don't turn. He says, in the last days, that's the the day, began at the cross, there would be a forbidden, and abstaining from meats and marriages. Now, let me translate that. Abstinence has both a positive and negative connotation. That as Christians, we ought to remain sexually. If you're not married, ab- we ought to abstain. I ain't going to amen on that one, Doc. <laughs> we That's dangerous when you say that in church. (laughs) Lord, have mercy. Lord, you talking about where we are? My God, I would have got at least an amen in the club on that. At least one. But, 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 but the word abstinence in the negative… The reason there will be a falling away, apple away from, the reason there will be an abstinence from meats in marriage is not because people don't want to have sex. It's not because people don't want to be in a relationship. It's not because people have come to their mindset that they don't need, they don't have a need for a companion. It's not that. It's not that people will lose their taste for meat. The context of what Paul is telling Timothy is that there is a satanic influence that gives people an alternative to what God says is okay. So instead of, I'm preaching, getting married where society deems marriage as repressive and out of date, Satan says, why don't you try hedonism to fill your needs. You don't need marriage. You can pick homosexuality, same-sex marriages, adultery, fornication, which are enemies of a monogamous relationship. Y'all ain't got to say, man, I've learned to preach at the clock time. I've been up since 2.30 with God your faces mean nothing to me. Listen to me. Satan always offers an alternative to what God wants. You don't need to get married. Just go on and stay by yourself, get your own self, and you know, when you feel the need, you know, if you can't uh, be with the one you love, then love the one you're with. Hedonism. Hedonism. Now God already said in Galatians, listen, be not deceived. Fornicators, adulterators, infeminate shall not inherit the kingdom of God. All right. Didn't he say that? Right. Ain't nobody want to preach it. But we got to preach it. Well, what about meats? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Asceticism in Colossians tells us In the last days, man will be lovers of himself, more than lovers of God. So they start changing their diets, thinking by the changing of their diets, they're going to be stronger, more muscular, more good looking. And and here's the deep thing, and live longer when God controls life. Yes, I'm working on a diet, but I'm not dying on lettuce. The minute I get on lettuce and give up all these good foods, I get hit by a truck and die anyhow. The Hebrews ate meat. Why would God tell you, tell the Hebrews to eat something and then you not eat it? Come on, you got to talk back to them. It's all a satanic attempt to get you from, away from Apo, the will of God, and pull up something that Satan has already dealt with you on that's going to be better for you. So it's better because of the repressiveness of marriage, because of the alarming statistics in marriage, not to get married. And some of us that are married believe the report. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Who have believed our report?
0: I have. Mm. Mm, mm, mm.
1: It is in this vein, and I, I want to go through this as expeditiously as possible because I believe in preaching the whole Word of God this erotic, hedonistic love that the world offers us is fragmented. It means the more you involve yourself in that, Romans 1, the further you get away from God, up, up, and over to a reprobate mind. And when you look at the basis for that hedonistic, erotic, away from God love, it is explained by Paul in Romans 1 as this. Here's where it started. How did this stuff get started in me? And they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. All right. Therefore, God gave them up. God gave them up. You know why I'm here? I was going to say, clothe my right mind. I ain't got my right mind. Clothe some of my right mind. You, you know why I'm here? Because, listen, the Lord did not give me up to myself. Are you with me? Had the Lord in the 60s gave me up to myself, I would have been dead. Had the Lord in the 70s, 80s, and 90s gave me up to myself, I would have been dead. I'm preaching to somebody in here today. Had the Lord given you up to yourself, you would have been dead. Paul says, but we are kept by the power. Every time you thought about doing something that was going to damage you, God got in on it. Grace pulled you away from it. Grace shook you. Grace moved you out of the way. Grace allowed something to take place in your life so you wouldn't destroy yourself. Can I get a witness? In the Lord faithful, in the Lord good. Some of us was at the grave, some of us was in the grave, some of us was in hell. And the Lord pulled us out. Mm. Look at these four dimensions of the family. And I'm going to try to paint a portrayal, a picture. A picture's worth a thousand words. I'm going to try to paint a picture. I'm going to characterize four dimensions of marriage and characterize each dimension with a bird. Turn your neighbor and say, bird. bird. Are you flying? Falling? Falling? Flopping? Nine. Failing. Nine. A bird. bird. Let me deal first of all with the relativity of the family. Genesis two, you're already there. Say amen. What was the purpose of the family? I'm glad you asked. There's a calling and there's a creation beginning in verse 21. Now let's look at it slow. And the Lord God calls the deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept. Now some of y'all are saying, my husband's still asleep. <laughs> Why did God have to put Adam on a sedative in order to do surgery because he wanted Adam to have no parts in it. Look at the surgery here. And as as he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. Now, let me stop. The rib cage is located on a side. The side denotes companion. The sign also denotes equality. Uh Uh-oh. He did not use a foot bone for the man to step on the woman. He did not use a head bone for the, yeah, the man to, amen, uh, control the woman. He took the man's rib, so that the woman could be by his side. She is called a help me, a helper. Well, wait a minute. Now, this concept gets to be spiritual and it gets to be deep because as you get to the New Testament get saved, he gives you a helper called a paraclete. I'll deal with that later. Why does a man need help? Some questions are rhetorical. (laughs) Your wife is supposed to counsel you. Your wife is supposed to nag you when you're doing the wrong thing. Your wife, maybe this will wake you up, your wife is supposed to be iron
0: that
1: sharpens iron. She was not created for you to tell her to shut up. She did not get married to you for you to pull rank.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> she is in your life to keep you safe from what you cannot see. I, I you, you know, I, I don't get to you. No, 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 no. I'm going to throw this one at you. I'm going to throw this one at you. This one will get you. When you get married, God is so infinitely wise. The wife he gave you is a flower with wilted petals. The petals are wilted not because of what she's been through. The petals are wilted and wearing out and need water because God wants the husband to complete her by nurturing to her.
0: And
1: and when you don't nurture her, it 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 exposes what's really inside of you. Right. What does it expose, preacher? Your emptiness. You cannot nurture her because you're too caught up in you. You, you cannot nurture her because you are too self-centered, you're, you're full of hell and you're, you're, you're full of, you're full of whole lot of stuff, so she stays wilted and she can't be nurtured because God ordained her nurturing to come through the headship of the husband. That's why the wife is told that her glory is a husband. The wife's glory is not Jesus Christ. The wife's glory is the head who is the husband, and when the wife got to look around the husband to get a glimpse of glory from Jesus, then the husband is not doing his job. Some of y'all in here praising the Lord in spite of your husband. Oh, boy, I'm getting out of your way. Here I come, Vic. Now, 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 now. So when I married Sister G, she was wilting somewhere, and the Lord said, now, I'm looking at you to nurture that. And if you don't nurture it, it's because you don't love yourself. If a man can't love his wife, then he can't love himself. You are masochists. If you're hitting on your wife, don't get quiet now. Y'all ain't wearing sunglasses at church for nothing. Listen, if a man's hitting on his wife, he hates himself. There's some disconnect in you when you can't nurture your wife without worrying about yourself. Mm. I—in I, I, my little humble abode, I—I got—I got a— I got my room, I got my flat screen, and nice sectional, and comfortable, and it's it's my man cave. (laughs) And in my man cave is where I watch my sports, it's where I watch whatever I want, it's where I get, you know, quietness, and nobody comes in there, and it's got to be a nerve, I got a nerve to call it a family room. So one day my kids said, Daddy, this ain't no family room. I said, yes it is. Ask the family to come in. They came in about 15 minutes later, I said, bye. (laughs) So my wife was in the bedroom watching her TV. And then I got a nerve to go in the bedroom. You all right? Yeah. Grab the remote. Big, big, big. She said, how are you going to come out of that room into this room and grab the remote so I do what most men say. I say, well, look, I pay the bills here. Then she said, no, you know, I pay them too. Here we go. You know why y'all laughing? Sound, sounds familiar, doesn't it? Some of us want to control everything. You want to control the bedroom? You want to control the family room? Control front room, the dining room, the kitchen? You want to control everything? Your law is written in the in the room. I know I'm right. There, there's a, there's a calling. Look what he says. And the rib, verse 22, which the Lord God had taken from man, made him a woman, and brought her unto the man. Now, here's why husbands are so accountable. Because God brought her to you. That's right, right, right. Excuse me. And Adam, when he woke up, said... This is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, is the covenant, shall a man leave and cleave unto his wife. The word cleave means glued. And in time, in process of time, the two shall become what? One. Now now, please, this oneness, go back to the Godhead, they are independent yet interdependent. God is not snatching your individuality, your personality, but He is commanding that we become one. There's a calling, there's a cleaving, but I don't want you to miss the conscience. Verse 25, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not what? The conscientiousness of this relationship is when it's right, there's no guilt. Now I know it's before sin, chapter 3. When you and I are operating on the principles that God created, we don't have a whole lot of guilt going on. And this particular relationship is symbolic of a bird which exemplifies this magnanimous relationship of marriage, and they are, listen to this now, geese. What does geese do? you got to study this stuff. You know God is in nature because he created it. Geese fly in a V formation. We all agree to that, but here's what we don't know. No geese has been appointed leader. I I, I got seven German shepherds at home and a husky, and I… listen to me, and one is an alpha male. I looked out in my yard this morning. The alpha male is my big German shepherd, he, listen, he walks around all the other dogs, Listen. When he walks around the pack of dogs, all of them, when he approaches, they lay down and roll over. Because he's the alpha male. None of them will challenge him. It's the same with wolf packs. One alpha runs the whole pack. You with me? These geese have no leader. They're willing to get in a V formation... In other words, whoever gets up in the sky first, the rest fall in line. There's not a need, Bruce, to say, it's my turn to lead. You ain't getting this. And while they're flying, if a geese, because he's sick or his wings get damaged and he falls out of formation, his mate who's flying with him, His mate leaves the formation and goes down to the ground where he fell, or she fell, and dies next to him. Now you know that's not us. (laughs) Well, you know, he got sick. (laughs) (laughs) You're on your own, doc. Look at the dedication to unity
0: till death do us part.
1: See, this is the easy stuff that we're going through. God forbid. What if your mate contracted a paralysis where you had to feed them and wash them the rest of their life? No sex. Know what kind of church this is, Doc? And that was the dance ministry. <laughs> you know why our marriages can't grow? We're worried about who's going to leave. We're worried about where we're going to fly, where we're going. Can I get a witness? And brother man, if you drop out of this, you're on your own. we have to understand. You didn't marry perfection. Here's what you married. You married an ongoing problem that needs to be worked out. You married baggage. It's not a blessing at the baggage point. (laughs) It will become a blessing when the baggage is worked out. I was meeting, you know, Sherman Hopkins, our uh, deacon elder, was, he teaches the married class on Sunday, does a great job, and Reverend Gary Tussle was saying, Gary, Gary does a great job with couples before they get married, and they asked me to come in yesterday. I came in yesterday at 1030, and I dealt with, why you want to get married? Why work, listen, wounds and wisdom. Those were my points. Yes, sir. Because whatever your answer is as to why you want to get married, it is an internal Revelation about the problems you're gonna have. Why do you want to get married? Because he's good for me. Oh, oh. I see where this one is going. So one brother in there, he was just I, and I love him. I said, why do you want to get married? He said, man, I'm tired of Berlin. I said, good, 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 good. You're honest. Look at the second thing here. The relationship of the family. Turn to Ephesians 5. I'll wait to your right. Come on, come on, come on, be obedient. I know y'all beat up. Turn to Ephesians 5. Hallelujah. Are you with me? They can't say yeah to that. Are you with me? Yeah. Ephesians 5. And Ephesians deals with the relationship from a spiritual aspect of Christ to the church. First, marriage is a mission. What do you mean by that? Ephesians 5 elaborates on the enlightenment of the relationship, and here's where we blow it. Because husbands walk around talking about, you ought to submit to me. Excuse me, dummy. <laughs> you ought to love me. It's Christ. Excuse me, dummy. It doesn't start there. It starts in verse 18. Don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess dissipation, but here's the first spiritual input for a healthy marriage, be filled with the Spirit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Not full of hell, filled with the Spirit. Now, 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 when you start at verse 18, once you and I are filled with the Spirit, and it's denoting that unless you're saved, You can't do this. Once you're filled with the Spirit, verse 18, then you start practicing and singing to yourselves in Psalms, hymns, verse 19, spiritual songs. There needs to be a joy in your heart before you can start talking about a relationship. See, if you're miserable, you're going to be miserable after you get married. Can I get you? Always was what you is, which you, you are. Can I get a witness? And, and, and if, if if people are miserable now, they're gonna be miserable later. You need that joy in your heart. Then you need to give thanks, verse twenty. Can I get a witness? Then you need to submit, verse twenty-one. One to the other. Uh oh. It is a unit. It is a unifying. It is a wisdom. Can I get a witness? It is a cooperation. And then not only is marriage a mission, but marriage is a ministry. A ministry of affection, affirmation, abiding, a working, come on now, sacrifice, sensitive, supportive, being respectful, that's what it means to submit, being kind, working out. Come on now, cooperating, a cleansing. Can I get a witness? Hey, 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 man. uh, Cleansing of the wounds, cleansing of the wisdom. And you got to say, well, my husband is not perfect. He's got some real issues. And the way I'm going to counter that is by respecting him, loving him, and holding him up in prayer. My wife has been damaged, she's been abused, she's been raped, she's been scorned. Her father, he was dominant and controlling. So the way I need to counter that is just by giving love and expecting nothing in return. It's a ministry. But, 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 sir, not only a ministry, marriage is a mentoring when it comes to kids. Our kids need to be mentored. Here's the problem with your kids and my kids. Listen to me. See, (laughs) with kids, more is caught than taught. You can tell them about Jesus all you want. You can tell them how good the Lord is. They can see you come to church every Sunday, but more is caught. I've gone to my kids several times and said, listen, I know I'm a pastor, and I was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I need to be honest with them. You understand what I'm trying to say? Because they say stuff. But well, what do they say? Get out of this room. They say stuff. I need to be honest. And you need to be honest. Mommy's not perfect. Please forgive me. Even your adult children who are married in a way, you need to call them up and say, you know what, I haven't always been kind to you. Please forgive me, I love you. That goes a long way. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? See, 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 it is a mentoring, a care, a coaching, and a counseling. And let me tell you what counseling is, and we got a doctor of counseling on 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 the roster here. Counseling is offering you an alternative way to see things. Am I right? I've been to marriage counseling, I've been to counseling, amen. And, and listen, I, here I go to the counselor for marriage counseling, I'm struggling, and she says, well, we'll get to marriage, but I want to talk about the ministry. Why you want to talk about the ministry? I can't understand how you doing with all these people. I said, baby, I ain't here for that. I'm here because I'm not ready to go back home. <laughs> and here's Here's what a good, godly Christian counselor offers you. They listen to you, they're not condemning, and they don't break confidentiality. Here's what they do. They say, well, Ray, you might want to try this. You might want to think about this. Am I right? What they're doing, counseling is giving you an alternative to the enslaved, dysfunctional thinking. That we have and that we do. Oh, I'm preaching up in this place. So, when it comes to mentoring your children, your caretakers, your coaches, your counselors, you don't need to be hollering at no child 27 years old. You dummy. You, you need to offer an alternative. Do I have a witness up in the house? Ba- baby, I didn't. Look, 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 look. See, here's honesty. Baby, I didn't do good at your age. I made some big mistakes, but God has taught me some wisdom through my mistake making. So let me offer you an alternative way of looking at this thing. Are y'all with me? That's what counseling is. And, and, and the gift of counseling is the gift of wisdom, they're giving you applied knowledge to your situation. Are y'all ready for this? So, 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 child of God, when, when um, a marriage is not only a mentoring the children, but it's making of a home. You're homemakers. Oh, God. Now, my mother messed me up because in growing up in the 50s, when I came in the house, it smelled like white cat. How many of y'all remember white cat? The steps were clean, the payment was clean, the house was clean. Can I get a witness? In South Philly, when I was growing up, the roaches stayed three blocks away. I had a clean, I grew up in a clean home. Now, if I marry a woman that's trifling, hardened food on the plates and molded food in the refrigerator. Roaches throwing a football back and forth. <laughs> and and I come home and you're sitting up here like this. <laughs> Call 911. Child of God. What do you mean by a homemaker? Proverbs 31, the virtuous woman, she had wisdom words warmth. She listen to this, she gave wisdom and care to the ways of her household. You know what's numero uno in in the lives of a woman? Your household. Not your career, not your degrees, not your sorority, not your fraternity men. The number one thing God says is your household. Yes sir. And when you do it right, Bible says your children will rise up and call you blessed. Oh, wait a minute, I ain't finished with the verse. And your husband too. Yeah, yeah these women preachers, they leave that part off. Your husband rises up and calls you, man. he safely trusts in you. Isn't that in Proverbs 31? I'm coming, I'm coming in. If you have this spiritual marriage, The bird you reflect is a dove, a symbol of love, beauty, and peace. Mm. Geese, dove. Look at the third one. The rejection of the family. Turn to your right, Colossians 3.8. One verse sums up... The rejection of the family. One, one, one verse. Three, eight. Come on, Colossians three, eight. Hurry up, hurry up. I gotta go. <laughs> Colossians three, eight. But now he put off all these. Here's what can wreck your home: anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, cuss. I mean, filthy communication <laughs> out of your Mouth. Are you with me? Look, 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 what, look, look what this rep- uh, uh, points to. First of all, what is poisonous in a relationship? An independent spirit? Uh oh. I'm my own man. Don't nobody tell me nothing. You should stay single. An independent spirit is the first thing. Self, yeah, self-serving and self-promoting. Look at the second thing. Not only independence, but personal issues that have not been resolved. Now, now, now I, I'm, I'm not going too far into this, but yeah. That, you know, personal issues that have not been resolved. What are issues? Well, they could be self-hatred, anger, rebellion. God says rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft. First Samuel 15. When you are rebellious, God says you're a witch. You're just like a witch. Look, no, no, look, here's the rebellion. Look,
0: no, hands
1: go on the hips. Ah, ta, ta. And when your wife, ah, ta, ta, here's your, sit there go, witch. I said, witch. I said, witch. Look, listen rebellion. Rebellion. Not only independence and issues, but idiosyncrasies, which are, long word for, a pattern for living. Yeah, yeah. You say, you say, well, well, what are some of your idiosyncrasies? Well, um, you know, I got some patterns that I've been used to all my life, and I refuse to alter them. Can I get a witness? You know, and some of us are glued to patterns. I notice in the church about tradition. It's funny. There's some things ain't nowhere in the Bible, and we are so starch about them. Hmm? Don't get me started up in here. There's nothing in the Bible about offertory. If I take the collection, i say, Lord, thanks for blessing us in Jesus' name, amen. We don't do offertory, so green don't get up. There's nothing in the Bible about offertory. It's tradition. Like, Thank you, Greg. I, I, was the, I was waiting for the amen. There's nothing in the Bible about the ushers closing the doors during offering. We do that. It's policy, and, and it's good policy. Come on, but you've got to differentiate what's in the Bible and what's not. And you and I have idiosyncrasies, don't we? Yes, I need a cup of tea before I go to bed every night. Are you kidding me? You know, I was growing up. No, no, I'm sure how old I am. I grew up on Lipton tea. I look at my cabinets now and I got Lipton, herbs, chirps, curbs. I got all this fancy tea. I don't know what's in it. We got idiosyncrasies that are not glorifying to God. But wait a minute, the rejection of the family, what kind of bird is this? A buzzard. All you do is hoover over dead stuff. You know what a buzzard does. A buzzard just hoovers and waits for something to die so it can eat it up. Let me tell you something. If you criticize your mate and your kids more than you compliment them, you are a buzzard. Yeah, I'm calling you a buzzard. I'm calling you a buzzard. If all you do is complain, and all you do is negativity, and all you do is point out people's fault, you're a buzzer! You're not a geese, you're not a dove, you're a buzzer! That's the problem in the church. We got too many buzzards. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Pa- pa- Pastor was caught in the sin. Let's get him. Uh-oh, uh-oh, oh Buzzards. By the way, buzzards don't make any noise until they swoop. Dead things draw them. Finally, the reliability of the family. Go back to Isaiah 40 as we close. Oh, a level of love which is care. That's the nest. Isaiah 40. You got to build the nest. You know what the nest is? The nest is not only your home, it's your family. It's the care for your mate, your children, your future. You got to have a nest. Look at verse 11. Uh, Verse 1 and 11 in chapter 40. Comfort ye my people, saith the Lord, that If we are going to build a family with a strong nest, it's got to be built on comfort and love. Mm. Our nest, comfort ye my people. Not only a nest, but a need, a liberating need. Look at verse 29. He giveth power to the faint. You got to know you need something this morning. And and, and and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall you gotta know that you and I are faint verse 29 and have no might we can't pull this thing off Lord I don't know how to love cause I ain't never been loved uh oh Lord I don't know how to give because yeah I've never given Come Lord I don't know how to be affectionate because I've never had anybody be affectionate to me I'm faint, I'm failing, I'm falling. Can I get a witness? But, but I want you to see as we close, amen, this matter of letting go. And you know what the bird is. The bird is the eagle. He builds a strong nest. She builds a strong nest. She meets the needs of the eaglets, but ultimately she lets the eaglets Go. Here's what I want you to see, verse 31. Now, I've been preaching 30 something years. I've been I've been a teacher 40 something years. 230 this morning. I'm in quietness with Jesus. And the Lord said, Turn out say. And I turn out Isaiah. I know this text like the back of my hand. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord said, oh, no, you don't know this. Mm-hmm. Let me pull up something on you. Look what he said in verse 31. we close closing. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew. God said, stop look in your Hebrew, look the word up, renew. When I look the word up in the Hebrew, renew, here's what it means. Exchange. That if you have enough faith to wait on God, if you hope and have faith in God, if you understand that you're faint, you're failing, you are falter, you're fruitless, and you trust in Jesus Christ, He will renew. Well, what does that mean, preacher? He will exchange what you don't have for what He has. If you're poverty-stricken, He'll give you power. If you're faithless, He'll give you faith. Whatever it is you don't have just because you're waiting on the Lord, he's going to exchange for you what you don't have to what he has. So if I just wait on Jesus, I can do all things through Christ that keeps on strengthening me. If, if, if my family is in shambles, but I'm praying that he would bring healing, God said, I'll send a healing if you just wait on me. If you messed up and you confess it, I'll send power because you're waiting on me. Do I have a witness up in the house? Child of God, he's able. In the able he'll give you he'll give you strength like an eagle
0: you'll run and not get weary you'll walk and not say say yeah say yeah
1: listen geese dove buzzard eagle Are you flying or flopping? Let's stay on our feet this morning. What condition is your home in? What condition is your marriage in? What condition is your heart in? Let's bow our heads. If you need to be saved, just raise your hand. Is there one? Jesus wants to save you. He died for your sins, was buried, and rose again. Just raise your hand. Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I want to know that I'm saved. It begins there. Is there one? Or perhaps you are saved, you want to join the church. Raise your hand. Is there one? I see your hand. Come on out, darling. Church, say man. Is there another? Is there another? Is there another? Is there another? Step up, step up. Come on, darling. Come on, baby. Let it out, let it out. Praise Jesus. The Lord is good the Lord is good. The Lord is good. We preach truth here. Listen, we preach truth that'll set you free. Hello, how are you? Praise Jesus. Thank you for coming. Turn, Turn around. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Is there another? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the challenge on the family. All of us have missed the mark. All of us have made mistakes. But God, you are a healing God. You are a restoring God. You are a loving God. Help us to reassess who we are and what we're doing and help us to make the adjustment so that you may be glorified. Bless us to be geese, doves, and eagles and not buzzards. Help us to love our family fervently, our husbands, our wives, and our children, for you lent them to us. Help us to cherish them and promote them and enable them in life. Bless your people in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you flying?
0: Un flat.